Hi. Welcome to this Good Friday service. Thanks for joining us for worship at Brighton Road Baptist Church. We're going to be basing our thoughts this morning around John's account of Jesus' arrest and death in his Gospel. Can I start by leading you in prayer? Let's pray. O oh, Holy God, the Hosannas have died away. The palm branches have turned brittle. Each of us is left sitting alone in darkness. The hymns of lament are in the air. We've nothing for company but the mumblings of our own feeble confession. And this is Friday, a day we tremble to call good. What's good about Good Friday? What's good about the innocent one nailed to a cross? What's good about the darkness that's gripping our world at the moment? What's good about the coronavirus, about so many people dying, about so many people being ill, about so many people losing their jobs and struggling to make ends meet? What's good about the crushing weight of fear and vulnerability? There is nothing good or desirable in these things, and yet you, O oh God, are good. When suffering reigns, yours is the first heart to break. Where despair lurks, we remember that you were there first, peering into the abyss and crying out incredibly, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So we remember that when we feel forsaken, in your last moments you cared for your mother and your beloved disciple, binding them to each other as a new family. And when we are afraid of dying, we remember that you spoke grace to a thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. Your love for us is just that boundless, ever-present and good. So we thank you. What else can we say here in the darkness, in the dimness? But thank you, Jesus. Amen. And let's reflect on how Jesus in love, gave his life to be our saviour, as we sing together, Man of Sorrows.
The first reading is from John 18, verses 1 to 27. When Jesus had finished praying, he and his disciples crossed the Kidron Valley and went into a garden. Jesus had often met there with his disciples, and Judas knew where the place was. Judas had promised to betray Jesus, so he went to the garden with some Roman soldiers and temple police, who had been sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees. They carried torches, lanterns and weapons. Jesus already knew everything that was going to happen, but he asked, Who are you looking for? They answered, We are looking for Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus told them, I am Jesus. At once they all backed away and fell to the ground. Jesus asked again, Who are you looking for? We are looking for Jesus from Nazareth, they answered. This time Jesus replied, I have already told you that I am Jesus. If I am the one you are looking for, let these others go. Then everything will happen just as I said. I did not lose anyone you gave me. Simon Peter had brought along a sword. He now pulled it out and struck at the servant of the high priest. The servant's name was Malchus, and Peter cut off his right ear. Jesus told Peter, Put your sword away. I must drink from the cup that the Father has given me. The Roman officer and his men, together with the temple police, arrested Jesus and tied him up. They took him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. This was the same Caiaphas who had told the Jewish leaders, it is better if one person dies for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. That disciple knew the high priest, and he followed Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest's house. Peter stayed outside near the gate, but the other disciple came back out and spoke to the girl at the gate. She let Peter go in, but asked him, Aren't you one of that man's followers? No, I'm not, Peter answered. It was cold, and the servants and temple police had made a charcoal fire. They were warming themselves around it, when Peter went over and stood near to the fire to warm himself. The high priest questioned Jesus about his followers and his teaching, but Jesus told him, I have spoken freely in front of everyone, and I have always taught in our meeting places and in the temple where all of our people come together. I have not said anything in secret. Why are you questioning me? Why don't you ask the people who heard me? They know what I have said. As soon as Jesus said this, one of the temple police hit him and said, That's no way to talk to the high priest. Jesus answered, If I have done anything wrong, say so. But if not, why did you hit me? Jesus was still tied up, and Anna sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. While Simon Peter was standing there warming himself, someone asked him, Aren't you one of Jesus' followers? Again, Peter denied it and said, No, I am not. One of the high priest's servants was there. He was a relative of the servant whose ear Peter had cut off, and he asked, Didn't I see you in the garden with that man? Once more, Peter denied it and at once a cock crowed. I was his best friend. I would do anything for him. I walked across water for him. As soon as I saw him, I knew he was special. Why else would I drop my nets and follow him? Fishing just didn't seem important anymore once I'd met him.
I helped him when we fed thousands of people with one boy's packed lunch. I watched as he healed people. I listened as he spoke. Such wonderful words. I was his right-hand man. And where am I now? Hiding in the corner of a courtyard. Completely broken. Tears are streaming down my cowardly face. Things took a turn for the worse on Thursday. There we were in the upper room, taking part in the Passover, and Jesus prayed that my faith would be strong. Lord, I am ready to go with you to jail and even to die with you, I replied. Then Jesus said, Before the cock crows, you will say three times that you do not know me. I remember being offended. Surely he knew me better than that. But now, here I am. I did deny him three times. In the distance, Jesus stopped and turned. He looked directly at me. I fell to my knees and I sobbed uncontrollably. In my Lord's hour of need, I promised I would be there for him. And what have I done? Cowered in the shadows, desperate to save my own skin. I feel so ashamed. As we reflect on the different ways in which we've let Jesus down, let me lead you in a prayer of confession. When I say, Lord, forgive me, then in your heart can I invite you to respond by saying, Christ, forgive me. Lord Jesus Christ, I confess I've failed you as your disciples did. I ask for your mercy and help. When my good intentions of following you fail because I'm under pressure, Lord, forgive me. Christ, forgive me. When I'm so concerned about what other people think of me that I waver and compromise my commitment to you. Lord, forgive me. Christ, forgive me. And when fear rather than love and honesty has directed what I say and what I do, Lord, forgive me. Christ, forgive me. And when I deny that I know you for fear of the world and its scorn. Lord, forgive me. Christ, forgive me. Take a moment to be quiet. To breathe in. And as you do so, pray, Lord Jesus Christ. And hold the breath for a moment 
and know in your heart that he is the saviour of the world, your saviour. And as you breathe out again, pray, have mercy on me, a sinner. In Lord Jesus Christ, hold, saviour of the world, out, have mercy on me, a sinner. So in response to who Jesus is and what he's done for us, we sing grace is not earned. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, 
we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfil the word that Jesus had spoken, to show what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you're a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is the truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas! Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, 
But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was a day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. And they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them.
John 19, verses 19 to 30. Pilate ordered the charge against Jesus to be written on a board and put above the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The words were written in Hebrew, Latin and Greek. The place where Jesus was taken wasn't far from the city, and many of the Jewish people read the charge against him. So the chief priests went to Pilate and said, Why did you write that he is king of the Jews? You should have written he claimed to be king of the Jews. But Pilate told them, What is written will not be changed. After the soldiers had nailed Jesus to the cross, they divided up his clothes into four parts, one for each of them. But his outer garment was made from a single piece of cloth, and it did not have any seams. The soldiers said to each other, Let's not rip it apart. We will gamble to see who gets it. This happened so that the scriptures would come true, which say, They divided up my clothes and gambled for my garments. The soldiers then did what they had decided. Jesus' mother stood beside his cross with her sister and Mary, the wife of Clopas. Mary Magdalene was standing there too, when Jesus saw his mother and his favourite disciple with her, he said to his mother, This man is now your son. And then he said to the disciple, She is now your mother. From then on, that disciple took her into his home. Jesus knew that he had now finished his work. And in order to make the scriptures come true, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of cheap wine was there. Someone then soaked a sponge with the wine and held it up to Jesus' mouth on the stem of a hyssop plant. After Jesus drank the wine, he said, Everything is done. He bowed his head and died. And we sing the Good Friday hymn, There is a green hill far away without a city wall.
We've thought today of how Peter let Jesus down. Years later, in his first letter, he wrote these words. You have been redeemed, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you trust in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are now in God. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.